Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? It is, and it's telling me I'm being filmed. Ooh. To listen to this show, find us on foreyradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, and David. Thanks. Yeah. So funny story about this episode mm-hmm. this is a found footage episode where'd they find the footage it's really uh, you know we don't really get a chance i feel like on this podcast to do like i guess because it's a spider spider-man cartoons they don't yeah. really do a lot of like high concepty like mm-hmm. format breaky type episodes so it's i mean it's kind of wild that I feel like one of the only times we ever run into it is from like Ultimate Spider-Man of all things. <laughs> but you know what? So funny to me. It, it, it's funny, but it actually feels right now that we've watched a bit of the show and like yeah. and looked at episodes like separate from each other. This is kind of the easiest show, I think, for them to pull this off because yeah. it's already kind of wacky and segmented in in ways, mm-hmm. um, and you kind of are are calibrated by this point to expect the unexpected, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense. I, w- what's funny to me is that this is one of uh, like two Hulk related episodes that really are what gave me pause about like how we were going to cover certain episodes of this show. Cause this episode is really interesting, but because of what it does, it doesn't really follow like a normal pace. And like the amount of things that happen isn't, quite as much because of like what they're doing like the 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 main focus of this episode isn't really the story it's like the way that they pull off telling the story yeah no for sure i mean okay here's the here's the here's the thing i have a podcast about episodes like these already (gasps) and funny enough i haven't actually done like a found footagey kind of episode yet oh i will interesting there's gotta be tons right no there yeah there are absolutely tons it just hasn't like come up yet but yeah, like this is a common. It this is a common kind of high concept thing, especially <laughs> Thanks, Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, because like you know, obviously sometimes it's like it can be done well, it can be done badly. Sometimes it's like kind of hacky in a way to just like save money. Sometimes like you can do really creative stuff with it, right? Um, and I feel like you mostly see it in like horror because you can make things scary when it's like through a first person video recorder, you know, the whole and time. horror movies famously have small budgets. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So you can do it on a small budget, but I think with what's funny that I find really fascinating about it being in this show is that with a cartoon, I think it's 
probably harder to do yeah. than, than, uh, than in live action. I, I, I feel like it's like the opposite. Like you kind of, it, it kind of is a bigger commitment because you can't really, there's a few things that I noticed that they do in this episode that they kind of have to do to cheat a little bit. Um, yeah. and I don't mean that in a bad way, just like you have to do that to make it work. Um, but like, you know, I, I, this, this episode, I would be curious to have like an animator or something. Yeah. Like anyone that's ever worked on it. Like, actually watch it and be like oh yeah that actually is a really challenging shot that they pulled off because you can't really have cuts very often you do have to be following like a character from a very particular perspective at all given times and just like animate across the board as the camera is is turning around back and forth you know yeah well i mean even if you aren't necessarily intimately familiar with how things are animated if you just think about like they don't have a camera that they can tilt. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a camera that they can throw or whatever. Like that they, everything they're doing, they have to like storyboard and conceptualize uh, like flat. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They can't just say like, Oh, put this, you know, hold your camera down here or, you know, get up here's here. We're going to give you a handheld camera or GoPro or something and like get up on the camera. Like they have to conceptualize all those things and basically like simulate what it would be like to do that, which I imagine would be really difficult to storyboard, probably difficult to animate and direct, you know? So, mm-hmm. and even just to like write, to figure out like the geography of something when you know right. you can't just like cut from here to there. Mm-hmm. It's it's really impressive they did it. It's the type of thing where, yeah, like it's, it's uh, it makes things easier when it's live action, easier in quotes, because obviously yeah. it has its own challenges. But like you think of it as being an easier thing in live action, but this almost certainly had to be a thing where they considered like, should we go through the trouble of doing this or not? Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, this is only seven episodes into the show too. So it's not like they're in super deep either. And I feel like it's a thing that comes up on gimmicks a lot is like, I, I always appreciate the swing of something and understanding like the int- if if the intention for a high concept episode was like a a creative reason sometimes you know there's a bottle show because the show ran out of money and they needed to do something with like mm-hmm. you know a few characters on a low budget or something like that and those are also interesting too but like those are you know for very clear reasons and it's the interesting thing is like how they sort of work around that but i think yeah. it's often i find even more appreciation in like if there's literally no reason to do kind of a format breaking thing um, and they just want to do it just for the sake of the experiment, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes it's for the sake of because it's better to tell a story one way. But sometimes it's a, it's literally like I've never seen this done on TV or I've seen it done before and I want to try it. And yeah, in both cases, I, it's just I appreciate that so much. And so like this episode honestly like endeared itself to me immediately when I realized what it was doing. It's like I honestly don't even care what's happening in it. Just the fact that a cartoon is yeah. doing their version of a found footage episode, which I'm sure that there's been a cartoon that's done it before, but I can't imagine that it happens that often because it's not easy to do. Right. I'd be really curious to know how many found footage animated cartoons exist. Like this, yeah. like you said, this can't be the only one. Um, but I would be curious, one, to see how many exist. Two, how many of them last almost the entire episode? The mm-hmm. only thing that really disappointed me about this one is that it doesn't last the whole episode. Yeah. Um, when I think it could have. Um, I don't know. They'd have to change how it ends or whatever, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean, not even just like scenes uh, from behind a camera. Like the entire episode, for the most part, is behind the camera, which is yeah. really fucking wild. Yeah. I guess I should say through the camera. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot. I, 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 I love that they challenged themselves and just like went for it. And you know, I like, like I've said it earlier on our run of Ultimate Spider-Man, but like I really do feel like this is the this show maybe has had more money behind it than any other Spider-Man show we've ever covered like before or since, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like part of it is like, we've got the opportunity to, to do this where, you know, we're on a production that isn't really cutting corners. Like a lot of other Spider-Man productions had to do. So why not go for it and try yeah. to do something different? And you know, they're, they're not caught in a hyper serialized story yet. So they have plenty of room to just play around and do That's a one-off. That's so different. true. That's yeah. a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I will be curious to see if we ever get another one of these in this series, because it could so easily be the kind of thing that's just like happens once and never happens again. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the kind of thing where it's like, what if once a season we do like a Mary Jane and her camera episode? I don't think I would, I'd be bothered if we got it like once a season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would love something like that. Yeah. Because it be automatically cool. puts things from a different character's perspective, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, this is the most that we've gotten Mary Jane in this show like, <laughs> for by real. a wide margin. <laughs> for real. <laughs> it's funny, too, because, you know, we we obviously, you know, prefaced this episode at the end of the last episode saying that it was about Mary Jane getting an interview. And it didn't even click to me that this was what this episode was. I was, like, fully prepared for, like, a very traditional episode where she interviews Spider-Man and it causes, like, Trial problems. Him. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's a really cool use of Mary Jane as a reporter to set that story off too because you know it hasn't really played any role in anything so far yep. so it gives a good reason to have a story like this with yeah. Mary jane which is fun definitely yeah yeah well let's start talking about it yeah yeah if you want to watch this episode along with us it is available on disney plus of course this is uh ultimate spider-man we're talking about season one episode seven entitled exclusive exclusive interview is conducted for Daily Bugle Communications by rookie reporter Mary Jane Watson. Mary Jane. By Mary Watson. By Jane Watson. By MJ Watson. Hmm. I think I'll just stick with Mary Jane Watson. So how long have you wanted to be a reporter? Uh, forever? But I don't know why I'm answering your questions. You're the one who agreed to be interviewed. My audience wants to know, why now? Why me? Any chance you'll give me the ultimate scoop and unmask? Sure. Ta-da! Cute. But winning the Bugles You Are the News contest could be a huge break for me. So thanks. You don't think I'm a menace, do you? Uh, Spider-Man? What? Am I lit badly? Because my Spidey sense is really pinging now. Mary Jane Watson with the exclusive breaking news for the Bugle. Manhattan has just been attacked by... The Hulk? As you can plainly see, the streets of Midtown are in chaos. And while I'm not exactly cool with that, we're staying live. The police are firing at Hulk even as Spider-Man tries to convince them that the real menace here is an unseen energy creature. I appear to be the only reporter on the scene. The only one dumb enough to be here, mere inches from a confrontation that can only be described as incredible. Hulk, look out! Hulk, I'm right behind you! Ah! 
energy thing. It's... it's... In the helicarrier! What should I do now? Be brave and keep filming. The synopsis per IMDb is Spider-Man agrees to a video interview with budding news reporter Mary Jane Watson, who gets a more exclusive scoop than she ever could have anticipated when Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk engage in an all-out battle against Zax throughout Manhattan. <laughs> the original air date was May 6th, 2012. Uh, which that's going to put us, this is our first episode that has aired after the Avengers has opened. I was going to say, are we in a post Avengers world now? Yeah. We're officially, officially fully post Avengers now. Wow. The Avengers were born in 2012. Yeah. That's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) The first anything they ever appeared in. Yeah. So true. Wow. So true. So true. Uh, this episode was written by Man of Action and Danielle Wolf. We, of course, know Man of Action very, very well. But Danielle Wolf, uh, it's the first time we've run into her. She's mostly worked in the animated Marvel Universe. She has a couple of like scattered credits on other shows. But like the majority of her stuff and the bulk of what she's done, it's just within like the Disney Marvel stuff. So uh, she was a story editor and consulting producer on Avengers Assemble. That was kind of her big one. She, was, she uh, worked on a lot of episodes of that show. Um, but she also wrote on the previous Avengers show, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, along with Guardians of the Galaxy, and then the 2017 Spider-Man show after this. And she wrote hmm. one of the Marvel Rising uh, uh, specials. So is this just the first time we've talked about her in the context of this show? Or have we talked about her before at all? We have not before at all. She huh, has Her name she sounds so familiar. She, she didn't write any of the Marvel Risings we watched. She wrote the Playing with Fire one, I believe, which we didn't cover. Okay. And then the only 2017 Spider- Actually, I don't remember how many Spider-Man 2017 episodes she wrote, but she doesn't write until the second season. So, hmm. okay. yeah, we, we have not run into her before. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this episode was directed by Alex Soto, who directs most episodes. So, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we get Hulk in this episode. Uh, this is probably not a surprise because we've said this before, but he is voiced by Fred Tatashore. <laughs> We have talked about him at least a couple times, probably more than that, uh, specifically for voicing Hulk in other Spider-Man and Spidey-adjacent properties. I think he's the guy who voiced the Hulk in the English uh, dub of one of the animes we watched, if not both of the animes we watched. Mm -hmm. Um, He also voices our favorite goateed and goaded, perhaps, (laughs) gay mentor Max Modell uh, in the 2017 Marvel Spider-Man cartoon, of which we've covered the first season so far, like you referenced. Mm Mm-hmm. His voice is great. Yep. Uh, he's good at uh, screaming like a, a Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, does the job. Yeah, and this is fascinating to me. Zax, the energy monster, who they don't ever call Zax in the show, mm-hmm. um, is apparently voiced by D. Bradley Baker, but not credited hmm. as doing so. So I don't know if Zax comes back s- at some point, and oh. that's where he gets credited in this episode or or if it's just one of those things because d bradley baker's interesting right because d bradley baker's a huge deal and sometimes he is like 
like the feature voice actor of like a franchise, like the fucking Clone Wars, where he just like is the clone troopers and like the Bad Batch, where he just is the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes he's like Squirrel Girl's squirrel sidekick, yeah. like in Marvel Rising. So like it's so fast. I don't even know if he was properly credited in marvel rising as being tippy toe or not but yeah. um i don't know he's a fascinating guy we've yeah, definitely talked a, about him plenty yeah he's a frank welker type like it's yeah. just like you kind of bring him in for anything and he's gonna get the job done and and we'll probably do it like yeah and, and, and it, it turns down roles <laughs> it's so wild though and you're, you're the frank welker comparison so good it's just so wild because it's like hey we need you to do this like really important role like doc connor's and spectacular or we need you to be a dog like it's just, yeah. it's just like all yeah, right exactly <laughs> yeah and it's like sure God, give me the yeah. money i'll do it and i'll do it yeah. well <laughs> and he'll do yeah he'll do a great job like i'm never gonna be mad if he's there for sure it's just so yeah. funny you yeah. just never know which which uh, version, I guess, of D. Bradley Baker or Frank Welker you're going to get. Yeah. The so world those of, are our guys. World of voice acting is just fascinating. It really is. It really is. It's also funny that, like, I mean, Hulk is a man of very few words. And so, like, the two featured voice <laughs> actors we're talking about here, like, primarily just, like, screamed a lot. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is mostly an episode carried by Mary Jane <laughs> and Spider-Man talking the whole yeah. time. Yeah, uh, which you know, I'm here for sure. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's get into what actually happens in this episode. Um, it's like I said, it's not an especially long episode as far as plot points go, but I I would be shocked if you didn't have things that stood out to your gimmicks um, eyes. Sure. Along the way. So this episode opens with Mary Jane prepping for telling her friends about and conducting an exclusive video interview with Spider-Man for a Daily Bugle sponsored journalism contest. Uh, Because, of course, like she mentioned very early on, her dream would be to work uh, not necessarily for Jameson, but for something that would give her that kind of like journalism cred. Yeah. Um, So this is one of her, her attempts at sort of getting in good with the Bugle. Yeah. I like her practicing like which version of her name she's going to use for her byline. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like it's such a, it's a nice little detail because I mean, she is someone who does have a, a two name first name, which means she could do. And I like, she goes through every variation, like Mary Jane Watson, MJ Watson, MJ, Mary Jane, Mary Watson, Jane Watson, which I'm like, stay away from that. What? Yeah. Don't do that one. (laughs) Don't do that one. I think by the end, I think the end of the episode, she is MJ Watson is what she lands on. Uh, when she actually shows her video, I believe. Mm. That's interesting because I feel like she lands on Mary Jane Watson at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know huh. what that means, but uh, yeah. it was an interesting choice. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Yeah, that was a fun detail for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, as Mary Jane and Spider-Man engage in a bit of back and forth about just how much personal information Spider-Man will or really won't share... The Hulk lands nearby, knocking Mary Jane from the roof where the two were talking. And like we mentioned, the vast majority of this episode is found footage. So it starts, the episode starts from the perspective of Mary Jane's camera and yeah. it, it goes throughout this whole thing. So this is the first sort of like, oh, this is going to be almost like a found footage disaster yeah. reporting type thing because Hulk lands like right next to them and like knocks her over, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because I remember it's like the first episode, I think where Peter very explicitly is like, I don't want to do an interview with 
Mary Jane because she'll yeah. guess that I'm Peter Parker. And then here we yeah. just start off where he's just already agreed to it. Um, and I don't know if I like it. I like that they sort of skipped over him deciding or not. Cause like it, it feels clever in this episode because we are only seeing it from Mary Jane's camera's perspective. So we're not yeah. going to see a scene of Peter Parker deciding to do this, but it feels um, like the type of thing that at least a couple other shows, I'd say specifically two other shows we've talked about would have set up in a previous episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this just isn't the kind of show that really does. Right. It it will set up like, I'm sure it seems like it sets up major plot points and stuff um, like major storylines, but like things like this, if it's a, if it's a standalone story, they are writing it as a fully standalone story and not yeah. set it up ahead of time. It would have been nice to have some kind of throwaway line of like Spider-Man mentioning like, Oh, I wasn't going to, but you convinced me somehow or whatever. But I also kind of forgive it a little bit because of how they're actually doing this episode is the whole structure of it. And, and I think how they do a lot of episodes, right? Like it's interesting. The show does, I mean, if I think of doomed, if I think of, um, what was it just last week when we talked about, uh, gay taskmaster, Taskmaster, like, like those two episodes, you know, they really could have been placed anywhere in the season's timeline for the most part. This one, yeah. really could as well. So it feels percent. like they kind of have two different kinds of episodes. Episodes like this seems like a show that I wouldn't be surprised if by the end you could very easily make like the abridged version of the show. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it would probably cut out like all the best episodes because the yeah. best episodes so far have been the ones that you can just plop in wherever. Honestly, this show's kind of like kind of like the the x-files in that i feel like <laughs> i feel like all the standalone, I totally get that though <laughs> all the standalone monster of the week episodes of the x-files are the ones that like really stand the test of time and that are most fun yeah. to watch and all the like the mythology ones that at the time oh, you sure. know fans were saying that they wanted but those are the ones that sort of like actually if you revisit the x-files it's like i don't give a shit about most of them there's a few of them that yeah. are good but for the most part the stuff that you want and that you remember from the x-files are the fucking and like uh you know the fluke monster and mm-hmm. like you know and the 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 vampire rashomon episode and stuff like that like yeah. you know it's and i feel like this show is kind of the same way the ongoing plot arc as much as there is one which there isn't even i feel like the ongoing stuff just isn't very compelling at least not yet so anytime they do the ridiculous standalone comedy episodes or the yeah. high concept ones or whatever it's just sort of like okay no other spider-man shows doing what i'm watching right now yeah. this is what i'm feeling yeah yeah absolutely I, I it it's it's fascinating and I uh I've said it before but I can't wait to see you know if this feels like just a first season thing or if uh if if we'll continue to be delighted by these sort of standalones throughout the series. Yeah, we'll see. One thing one criticism I have to give, remember how Mary Jane was practicing smile spider-man early on in the <laughs> oh show oh my gosh she has an interview with spider-man you know what she doesn't say smile spider-man oh that's honestly that's a i would argue a massive oversight that's such a <laughs> that, like why oh that's so disappointing i know and i guess like i didn't notice but that's man now that i now that's been brought to my attention like that really yeah. feels like a massive letdown. It would have been an easy setup payoff brick joke kind of oh. thing. Like, you know, it's not a thing where like if you caught it, if you didn't catch it, it affects nothing. But if you do catch it, it's very rewarding well, watching all of them. It's a bummer because it, it makes me worried that there isn't somebody who's like specifically paying attention to 
like the character and trajectory of Mary Jane Watson, you know? No, I yeah, I think that's because I very and I'm possible. sure that's. <laughs> I'm not surprised that that's true, but like you want it, you want that to be the case, right? Like you want someone to be like the character supervisor for fucking Mary Jane Watson. But I don't know how the show's structured. I don't know that they even have like character supervisors. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really get the sense, at least at this stage in the show, who knows how it'll continue, but at this stage in the show, I kind of get the sense that like they have their whole roster of yeah. supporting characters, and just they will be pulled out if they need to use them for a story, otherwise they're just kind of forgotten about. Like I don't know that any of them are specifically... I feel like the only times you're going to see growth in arcs from the supporting characters are if the episodes centered on them play into the major story arc. Like, yeah. Harry, for example, which that we see that we yeah. tracked a little bit and that there's an episode next week that sort of follows that up, you yeah. know? So yeah. Mary Jane, unless she gets her own sort of villain related thing, <laughs> or gets tied up in, or, I mean, or gets hero tied up. thing. I, I meant, I meant like gets tied up in a villain. Oh, gotcha. Thing, gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Um, like, um, you know, unless she gets involved in a doc Ock story or something like that. Like, mm. I feel like she's just going to kind of pop in and out for yeah. episodes like this, yeah. but I don't know. I, I'm open to being surprised, but. I'm well, I think this. I think this tells that. us it's not going to surprise us. Like, I, I think yeah. the fact that we don't get that, it's oh, it's such a bummer because it's like it's, yeah, like you said, it doesn't ruin anything, but it would have been such a nice, encouraging little detail, you know? Yeah, it's it's another one of those things where it's the pendulum swinging the other way because I think. Th- spectacular spider-man right before this never would have missed it right a thing that, and that's the thing that's extremely good about that show is that every supporting character there was so much attention paid to their trajectory and how they changed over the course of the two seasons or if they didn't change there was like a reason for it you know yeah. um and this show i just i we're not gonna this show is yeah. not as interested in characterization again at least at this point yeah not yet. Gonna change. not yet for sure but at this point it is you know they come in for the story or the jokes and that's really about it they're not really there for the character yeah and i you know i shouldn't i shouldn't complain too heavily because this show clearly cares about doing things differently and experimenting and that is very exciting because that's a thing Mm -hmm. that a lot of other shows just don't do so yeah that's um, i mean an upside if you're not as interested in like long-term characterization at least to like to that extent then you can do more episodes like this because like where the characters are at on their journey don't really matter you know like yeah yeah (laughs) So, so yeah, it gives them a little bit more freedom for the yeah. stuff like this. So it's a trade-off. Yeah. It is nice, though, that she does at least get the interview that she did reference early on in the series, right? Like, her goal is to get an interview with Spider-Man, and here is her interview with Spider-Man. So at least yeah. there's that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Anyway, like I said, Hulk lands on this rooftop where they're conducting the interview and knocks Mary Jane over and I think just off the building and so naturally Spider-Man saves her um, and what was the interview turns now into disaster reporting uh, as Hulk tears up the city yeah one thing I noticed around like this sequence as the action starts ramping up mm-hmm. you know, if you're talking about some of the technical stuff with how they do this um, I, one thing that does I think is a little bit of a cheat that they have to do is you know how this show very frequently does that like sort of like high speed, like swish transition. I don't know how to describe it. Like where it's like, you know, the camera is moving and it's like blurs really fast. Yeah. That's how they sort of cut from one moment to moment. The show does that all the time. It's just kind of like in its bones. They still continue to do that here, even though you're seeing it through the cameras, through the camera's lens. And obviously like, 
the, the suggestion is that that's the camera moving back and forth. But, you know, the, the transition effect is like moving at like 70 miles an hour or whatever. Yeah. So it's not actually how the camera's moving. It's obviously a cheat that they have to do, right? Because if they were actually trying to really move the camera back and forth between action as Mary Jane's hands would be moving it, they would have to be, I, I know this, this is digital, so it's not on cells, but like, if you imagine a physical representation, yeah. they'd have to be animating like this, like long panoramic cell or whatever and painting the camera across that, whatever the, I don't, I, my, my knowledge about how digital animation works is very limited. So I'm not exactly sure how that's built in comparison to like physically doing cells. But mm-hmm. I think it's like, I think it's just as complicated, right? The, equivalent of having to animate like this entire this entire like panoramic view just to have mary jane move the camera from one place to another and then i'd be doing that all over this fucking episode Mm -hmm. so like that is one thing that i noticed that's like they still are doing that to sort of cover for some of the camera motion that they really just would not be able to really pull off in animation at least not like feasibly without spending a lot of money probably yeah Yeah. i mean like it's 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 notable and exciting that this series is doing a found footage episode but if you were to put it up against other found footage you know pieces yeah like there is a lot to criticize about it because they're so limited in how they can do certain things Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but you know that's that's okay yeah, no, and it's they fine. don't. I mean, because I, I, I will, I will give them massive props. Like, because this is a found footage episode, this also is an episode that I believe has no cutaways whatsoever. Like, no, where, they make they a joke about them? that. You know what I mean? Little, in a little bit, yeah, yeah, they make a joke about the cutaways. Well, you can get through some of this stuff. I, don't, I think sure. it happens yeah. throughout this. The, the whole kind of montage of just a bunch of stuff happens. It's happening. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there is sort of a montage of things that happen. And I think, you know, I, I didn't necessarily note every single montage. One of the reasons that this episode, I think, uh, doesn't have quite as much of a narrative, like the length of the narrative isn't as long is because a thing with found footage is that you get to just like exist in the space as things happen. And so sometimes what's happening on the screen is just like, fighting (laughs) or just like shit being destroyed so like we get some scenes of hulk's rampage and spider-man's attempts to stop him and what's interesting isn't that that's happening because we could watch that in any episode what's interesting is that they get to explore it through mary jane's camera so we see this conversation with janitor stan where he's nearly crushed by a car and it's interesting because he's like close to the camera and like you see a car like fly from the very, very background of the scene to the foreground of the scene. You know, we see Spider-Man saving a group of cops from being crushed by a hot dog cart. We see him (laughs) saving a whole bunch of folks who are flung from the top of a double-decker bus that's like careening towards Mary Jane (laughs) and her camera, you know? Yeah. Like, what's interesting isn't what's happening. It's like that they pull off these like unique ways of doing these events that would otherwise be kind of normal in a Spider-Man property. Yeah. And we get to see a cool like web slingshot moment where Spider-Man slingshots a taxi at Hulk, um, (laughs) which I'm always excited about, but it's even cooler seeing it from the perspective of Mary Jane's camera. Yeah. Because everything's sort of like, I don't know, like it's cool because all the perspective changes, right? Like Mm -hmm. the camera's not going to follow the thing that either gets thrown at the screen or away from the screen. So you get to see the Mm -hmm. full trajectory from close to far, far to close. It's really neat. Yeah, no, for sure. And they can't really, they can't do like clever or cool like angles or anything on the action. So I think that 
like it, it probably makes it a little bit more challenging because you, you still want the action to look cool because it's a cool Spider-Man show, but you can't like you, you're, you're a lot more limited to like where you can have the camera literally placed because you are, you know where the camera is. It's in the hands of a teenage girl watching it. Right. And and they all kind of have to be roughly from ground level. You can never, you know, you can never see the perspective of the car being flung into the sky from the sky. Right. It's always got to be from, you know, that lower angle looking up and, you know, not everything looks as cool that way. So they have to try to figure out ways to still make it look cool or like cut it at certain points. And yeah, I, I think you almost get like kind of, it almost sometimes at certain points feels like when you're watching like a movie that was made to be seen in 3d where stuff is like thrown <laughs> at you because yeah. you're seeing it from Mary Jane's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, they have to, yeah, it, it's cool in a totally different way. You know what I mean? Like, cause they can't have a camera follow Spider-Man as he like swings and climbs across a building. So they have to mm-hmm. figure out something that makes it compelling within the frame right. i think they generally success uh succeed at that yeah absolutely i think it's around this section that there's like the cutaway joke because he actually borrows mary jane's camera and it's like hey can i borrow <laughs> this for a cutaway i don't even remember what he's saying he's basically like describing what the cutaway would be essentially <laughs> it's just like it's like directing you know, from in front of the camera instead of behind yeah but like obviously because we can't actually go into his head and have an mm-hmm. imagined spot we're just seeing him kind of talk through what he's seeing in his head and like what what normally would be seen for the yeah. audience while stuff is going in the background and mary jane has to be like hey um there's stuff happening can you not do this right now <laughs> yeah yeah it it's is funny good. it's good yeah. it's clever it's smart yeah it's very clever yeah so spider-man's initial initial so spider-man's initial attempts to stop the hulk fail which isn't really a surprise he's the fucking hulk um instead hulk just becomes irritated with spider-man and then he and then he says he's beginning to hate spider-man as much as he hates energy man And Spider-Man's very intrigued by this. He's like, what is Energy Man? And then he notices that a car that Hulk throws explodes before it hits a building, which to him means it had to have hit something else. Um, And so he, he goes over to Mary Jane, who's holding the camera, and says, can you show me this footage real quick and slow it down? And so they do that. They show the footage again, but slower. And we then see, yeah, it does hit something first, which means it must be hitting something invisible. And so Spider-Man's like, I got it. There's an invisible foe. Hulk is not fighting us. He's not just rampaging. He's actually battling against something we just can't see. Yeah, that's a cool use of the yeah. camera. Like li- actually using it in in the context of the plot. Like that's how a major plot point is uh is uncovered. I like that. I think that's really clever. It's nice because Mary Jane is not just a passive sort of observer, um nor is the camera simply just like a perspective. Yeah, yeah, it actually plays a vital role a couple of times in this yep. episode, which is really cool. Um, That's something that I'll give points to this that I would argue a lot of fun footage never explores. No, a lot of it, it's just, it is almost incidental that the camera's there. Like a a lot of, I think some, maybe not the worst found footage, but like a lot of found footage that maybe isn't as great. One factor in it is that it's like, why is this person still filming this right now? Like, I think that's why people get so tired of it so quickly because it's sort of like, it's easy to break the sort of fun or illusion when it's like, why are they? Yeah. Like you said, why are they still holding the camera or like, Mm -hmm. 
why is this being filmed at all? Like, what's the justification yeah. for this being found footage? Yeah. And sometimes you, you know, sometimes there's maybe a suspension of disbelief that you can try to have for it or whatever. But like sometimes, sometimes it's glaringly obvious, you know, it's just like there, it makes no sense that they're holding the camera. So with this, it's hard I, I because them- it's automatically more grounded if you do found footage, like exactly. it's supposed to feel like something you could do. So you're like, but I would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge. I think the best, the best found footage stuff, I think kind of finds ways to deal with that or it's sort of yep. like i think like in this case i think like cloverfield's kind of the same way too mm-hmm. where it's like there is something truly bizarre happening right now so you want to have a document of what's happening from your level like it makes sense that you're intentionally trying to film everything that's happening yeah. and this is kind of the same way where it's like we know from the get-go she's trying to be a reporter she's in the middle of all of this like it makes sense that she's going to continue trying to film everything. She's not participating in the action most of the time either. She's, she is meant to be kind of a viewer and they, they, they sort of play with, you know, how it would be when she is interacting with the action that's happening. And I think even later they kind of play around with like, no, actually realistically she is going to start being freaked out and maybe not sure if she wants to continue doing this. So yeah, yeah, they, they play never passive. Like people actively are like, get out of here. And she's like, no, I will stay. (laughs) Yeah. Considering how cartoony this show is, they actually kind of play the camera person of a found footage thing, like way more realistically than some other found footage uh, things do. I think because this show is a comedy, you know, this, this episode is not meant to be funny, but in a way it does kind of parody found footage stuff but like Mm -hmm. in a way that tells a sincere story if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it kind of is a a spoof or a satire maybe satire is the best word because like satire doesn't have to be like wacky or funny yeah um it almost is a satire of found footage stuff but you wouldn't realize it right away because it just Mm -hmm. feels like a sincere found footage episode yeah, and they still do all the cool things that you'd want. Like there's um it it's it's only like one or two times and it's usually pretty brief, but like you do get glimpses of like the first person of what it's like to ride along with Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. If he's swinging, if you're swinging with them or or whatever. Like that's yeah. really fun. I I, this, I love that. This might be I mean, there aren't that many sort of first-person mm. views of that experience because it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and 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 I I don't know that I need a lot of it because it's interesting that they try, but it's not necessarily the most exciting thing to watch because it mm-hmm. usually just ends up being sort of like um, I don't know, like it ends up being almost confusing, but I guess on purpose because it would be really disorienting. Yeah, but yeah, I but mean, yeah, I, I can't think of too many other examples, if really any, that do it this way. Yeah, no, I think I think this episode is smart by only doing it very briefly, like one or two times. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of you get it because it's like that's what you kind of you want at least one instance of it if you're going to go for first person sure. down footage, you know, but um, that they can't they don't overdo it because, yeah, it's not really that interesting to watch. I never you know what? I never really liked that much. The first person POV stuff in, in Amazing Spider-Man, like the couple of times they yeah. did it and in the trailer. I don't, it's not bad, but it's no. also like it doesn't really do anything for me at the same time. Well, you know? it's not what I think is cool about Spider-Man being acrobatic. Like what, what I think is cool about Spider-Man being acrobatic is seeing him be acrobatic. Yeah. Like I don't need to be the one doing it. <laughs> like yeah, I, right. that's not... You know, I'm not actually doing it, so just show <laughs> yeah. me. It's funny, yeah. too, because the Amazing Spider-Man movies have such great moments of the acrobatics that it's like, you don't even need to do the first-person thing. Just show yeah. us the cool shit we came for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this is, I mean, this is also pretty cool. And it's becoming a thing that they've now done, I think, three times. I think this is the third time. MJ suggests they use night vision, which she has on her camera, to scope out the scene. And, of course, this version of Spider-Man has night vision in his uh, goggles, I guess we'll call them. His eye, his lenses, his eye lenses. Um, and so they do, sure enough, see a man made of energy uh, that they could not see before. Yeah. So, energy man. So, Energy man. <laughs> Spider-Man attempts to share this new information with the police, but they won't listen. There's one guy who's like, I'm a Jameson fan, and like immediately just begins shooting at Hulk. Um, Damn, episode, cops suck, don't they? They really do. I mean, I, I like this episode really positions both cops and S.H.I.E.L.D., honestly, as like just being real assholes the whole yeah. time. It's pretty great, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, and Mary Jane, despite being in danger, obviously gets an offer officer's attention and just like, hey, energy monster, look, look at it through my camera. <laughs> so the camera plays another role in the plot. It's just like, yeah. hey, here's actual proof and evidence. You can only see it through the camera, but it's right, right. there. And uh, just as she does, the energy man zaps the electricity from a nearby billboard, becomes visible to the plain eye and attacks Spider-Man and Mary Jane. So. Yeah, I was, I'm not going to lie, little bummed that like yeah. pretty immediately after they use a cool device to reveal the monster, he just reveals himself. It's a weird choice. I, I don't really understand the significance of it, given that all parties at this point are able to see it. Like, like Spider-Man, Hulk, and Mary Jane, and, you know, uh, uh, the audience through the camera are able to right. see it. There's not really any reason to, to, to show it to the rest of the world right especially because the whole episode still continues with like the cops and shield also attacking the hulk thinking that the hulk is rampaging which like makes less sense when they also know there's an energy being rampaging like exactly it's the weakest point of the episode i would argue because they can like they they should be siding with hulk and spider-man because they can see what they're fighting yeah but but they don't act like that and they could have gotten away with just not revealing him to the world. And then it would make sense that they never get on Spider-Man and Hulk's side unless Hulk and Spider-Man figure out a way by the end of the episode to reveal him, you know? Yeah. I mean, they still could have had the episode end the way that it does. It's just that it doesn't – the energy man doesn't reveal himself or he doesn't become visible one way or another until, like, the very end. Yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. that still would have worked. Yeah, it's just weird. And, it like, it doesn't add anything – to this whole section of the episode until we get to the end. So yeah, it's strange. It. Yeah. Actually, you know what it might be? I wonder if they were just worried about, cause you can only see energy man like through night vision. Right. And I, Oh, that's and right. They probably didn't want to have rest of the episode in night vision. I think they I were worried about that. We that. see it, but we only see it when she's in night vision. I th- I mean I think it would have been cool. A good catch. It would have been cool, but I think they maybe might have been worried yeah. because I could see it being a little off-putting. I don't know if I would a- want to watch the rest of the. Ep- I mean, this happens pretty early in the episode. I don't know if I would want to watch the next twenty minutes of this episode or that's true. Whatever, fifteen minutes of the episode in night vision. Yeah, I feel better about it now. I think I think I'm that's just, that's th- all it was. I'm glad you had that thought. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's understand. You know what? Again, that's part of the the limitations of yeah. doing this sort of uh, high concept episode, right? Like you can't just have the audience see what you want the audience to see. They have to see what the camera is seeing so, yeah. in, explicitly in universe. So there you yeah. go. Yep. 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 Yeah. Good catch. Well, the two escape to a rooftop and Mary Jane prompts Spider-Man to call Fury for backup. 
Uh, unfortunately, the rest of the team is in New Jersey, which Spider-Man's like, you can't just like let Jersey get blown up. Who cares? There's <laughs> a funny, funny Kamala Khan would never allow it. <laughs> Very dark joke. I like it. Um, so Spider-Man has to figure something out in the meantime, because he is all on his own determined to get Hulk and the energy beast out of the city so they can stop just rampaging, causing damage. He tries to direct Hulk smashing toward the river, but to no avail. However, Mary Jane's like, ooh, speaking of water, there's actually a water tower, like, literally right behind you, Spider-Man. So <laughs> yeah, like, of course. Oh, okay. Tears it down, uh, you know, dumps all that water on top of the energy beast. And it seems like maybe, like, for a half second, like, has it just been defeated? Has it just been destroyed? But, you know, we know better. The energy beast actually escapes via a streetlight in a very, like, electro kind of way. Very. Um, very electro. Uh, and, and then that street light from that street light goes into the subway. I feel like I know the answer to this cause it would have made itself clear earlier, but do you know anything about Zach's? No. Yeah. Me neither. I, I don't do know anything that. about what Zach's is supposed to be, <laughs> what its power sets are. Funny I'm name. guessing it is just like Hulk's electro. Sure. I feel like anytime I don't know a villain in this show, it's because it's like someone else's villain. <laughs> I believe that. So yeah. I, I have no idea, but yeah, who knows? <laughs> Well, Spider-Man and Mary Jane do make their way into a nearby subway station. Um, and when the energy beast begins to attack, Spider-Man tries to convince Mary Jane to run. Uh, so this is where it really does begin to sort of play with the idea of like, why are you still filming this? Why are you here? Which, again, I like because we're asking the same question in found footage stuff, you know? You have to mm-hmm. justify it one way or the other. In this case, it's Mary Jane and she's a stubborn reporter. So, of course, she's not going to go voluntarily. So when she doesn't, and when Hulk joins the fight underground, Spider-Man actually just tricks her into leaving the station. He, like, is like, okay, we're going to run then, and they both run, and he, like, webs her out of the station. Yeah. Which results in a pretty cool shot, because she's like, okay, well, I'm not going to not get the story. So she just finds, like, an opening in the street, like a hole in the street, and films through the hole in the street. It's cool. I mean, this whole sequence, I think, is pretty cool, because even before that, which is cool, like, you have the camera kind of being passed back and forth between Mary Jane and Spider-Man, because he, like, grabs it, and then he's following Mary Jane as she's running up the stairs, and then he, like, tosses it back to her. So they're still, like, they're almost doing as if it was a regular episode of TV, cutting back and forth between the characters as they're talking, but they are literally tossing the camera between each other so they can get the different shots of the other person essentially yeah and i think and it's like organically done it doesn't feel like forced or anything like that it's kind of naturally threaded into the action that's happening it's really really cleverly done well and i appreciate them making sure that just because mary jane's behind the camera we don't never see her you know yeah, like no, they yeah, still find sure. several ways throughout the the episode several different ways to make sure that mary jane who this episode's story is told through still gets to be on screen many times yeah you know that was the thing that i was wondering about because i think another thing that found footage stuff often does that can can be good or bad depending on the context like sometimes it's almost intentional that the person behind the camera just isn't much of a character so like it doesn't really matter that much um but sometimes they are and a lot of times the only way that they do show their face is if the person just turns the camera around and talks into the camera themselves, which can 
they're really awkward. And Mary Jane does that a couple of times in this episode because you would do that. But I like that. Like they don't just rely on that. It actually, that actually doesn't happen that often. Most of the time it's like you see glimpses of her in the middle of action because of the way that she's holding the camera. Like it ends up kind of flipping around or, you know, Mm -hmm. while she's swinging along with Spider-Man or tossed back and forth between people or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, props to them. Mm-hmm. One weird line, though, when Mary Jane is in the subway and the lights lights dim for a second, she's like, she turns on night vision again, of course. She's mm-hmm. like, who knew night vision is actually a useful option? And that is weird because, like, everyone. Yeah. The answer is everyone, MJ. You also, like, you just used it a few minutes ago <laughs> and it was very useful. And then using it again, it's like, wow, it's so weird. And I'm like, what? I mean, people have used night vision for a long time. Is the idea that she found two different uses for it and therefore she is like amazed? I guess they're they're commenting on that, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's just- Who knew I'd use this twice? (laughs) Odd choice. Yeah. I don't know. I like like the the bits and pieces of night vision we get, uh, Mm -hmm. but I am glad we don't get it a ton. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another neat thing I think they do is because she has been sort of uh, blocked out of the subway and has to try to shoot through this hole in the ground, you only kind of get sounds and glimpses of what's going on. And then you see like kind of debris and smoke and rubble and stuff. So like eventually the fighting seemingly stops and you're just with Mary Jane being like, wait, what happened down there? We don't know what happened. Um, and then you get Hulk leaping up and he's like holding Spider-Man in his arms and you're just sort of like waiting for an explanation, which feels like <laughs> a very good use of found footage, you know, be, yeah. taking a moment to sort of be like, all right, unfortunately, you don't get to see firsthand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's playing with that, that is important. I agree. Yeah. And they don't do it. They don't do a ton of that in this episode, but I know because like, it could get really annoying very fast. Yeah. But I, I like it there because it's it's a fun it's fun and it's a kind of a cute little joke that they have with it. Yeah. I um, think something like this really relies on you being willing to change it up. Like you cannot be one note with something like this. Like yes. you, you simply have to constantly be shifting perspectives, shifting how much information you have access to. Um, like it just you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I give them a lot of credit for this one because I, I don't know that up until now, if I would have ever called an episode of this show, like restrained, <laughs> but this episode is very restrained yeah. in a way that makes it stronger. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Is this just a, a little detail that I noticed when I was watching it? I was wondering if, you know, the battery maybe would slowly drain over the course of the episode. Yes. And, and it, and it doesn't mostly it's at the well, same level, except when it hit, goes to this scene. Yeah in the subway suddenly it jumps to from being like very kind of low the whole time to suddenly being like almost totally full. My head cannon is that yeah. the energy being like zapped it and like filled its battery at one point or another. That's okay. So I didn't, I didn't rewatch this episode, but I wish I had because that's the thing I was going to try to pay attention to. Cause what I had noticed mm-hmm. was that the battery power fluctuated, but I, what I didn't take note of was how much it fluctuated or what the specific sort of like, narrative of the battery indicator was because i was like i also assume that at some point it got zapped and refilled which is very clever Mm -hmm. i just didn't know if it happened explicitly and i just missed it no it's not explicit and yeah there's definitely no narrative it's pretty much like the same 
the same amount for for a, a long time and then suddenly it's full and then it's full for the rest of the episode so yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if maybe it was scripted that that happened and cut or like that was the idea because it is like it, i mean like it could have been a mistake but they're also dealing with an energy being that could feasibly recharge a battery by accident so like why not say that that's what happened you know and who among us watching a found footage uh you know film or episode of television hasn't been drawn to the timestamp or the battery indicator oh, yeah. or like all those things you know like Look. it's a thing that if you're going to do this you have to know your audience is going to be looking at it for sure and credit to this episode for not doing the like cliched oh no the battery runs out right at the end like I was the worried. battery the battery never goes to red so you know what and i think that it's kind of better for it so yeah for sure yeah. for sure well, at this point, um, when she kind of hears the fighting stop and Hulk uh, jumps out of the subway carrying Spider-Man like a baby, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. arrives <laughs> and attempts to arrest Hulk for the destruction of New York City. Makes sense because they have not seen what's been going on. So they, unlike the police, I guess, don't have all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spider-Man's like, no, 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 you guys, Hulk is good. I swear, he's he's good. They still begin to close in on Hulk. And then the helicarrier suddenly begins careening towards the city. And we kind of figure out pretty quickly, like, I think there's even like a flash of, of light or something. It's like, oh, okay, the energy being is just in the helicarrier, I guess. or And then zapped it or something. Those helicarriers are more trouble than they're worth because this is the second time Seriously. in the show that a helicarrier has been careening towards New York City about you know, to crash. And it, it makes me <laughs> it makes me feel like I have to take away some of the credit or like uh, not. I don't know if I gave them credit for this, but I think I gave them a kind of a pass the first time this happened because mm-hmm. it was the doomed episode, right? And I was like, well, mm-hmm. they have to raise the stakes. Everything's so ridiculous. Like, it's kind of absurd. You almost need something that has absurd absurd stakes. But if they're just going to do it here, too, I'm less inclined to give them a pass on the last time it happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It made yeah. sense in that episode. But if you're going to keep doing it, I'm going to stop liking it. It's not as necessary in this one. I mean... No. it's. One, I would argue it's not necessary at all. At There's all. a way they could have pulled this off without careening a helicarrier towards the city. Yeah. Well, because I, I can see, like, you want a cool money shot of something huge coming towards Mary Jane sure. holding the camera. But does it have to be a helicarrier again? I don't know. Not necessarily. No. <laughs> it could there be any giant vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of things it could have been. Because the thing is, with her perspective, anything will be big enough if you get it close enough to her. You know what That's I mean? That's true. Like, yes. you still get that effect. Like, yeah. you can get that from a helicopter. You know, think about, like, The Last of mm. Us, where they have shit falling from the sky. It's like, oh, damn, you know? That's a good point. It almost could have been their opportunity to scale back and show, like, yeah, even, you know, things that are maybe minor in the context of, like, an Avengers movie are still mm-hmm. are pretty fucking gigantic and terrifying for people on the street. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But nope, it's a helicarrier again. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is okay. So this is actually where you meant you you alluded to this. This is where MJ's like, okay, this is actually getting pretty intense. Like Spider Man, I don't know what to do. And I actually I kind of like this. It's a little weird because he specifically told her like to go away at one point. Um, but he says, "Be brave and keep filming." And I think I'm just 
I think I just like that because that sentiment resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it can be applied across many uh, situations Yeah, uh, for sure. to be brave and keep filming. So I think I just like that idea, even if it doesn't necessarily vibe with what Spider-Man was saying yeah. moments ago. Yeah, but also and in an episode where like cops are kind of a major prote- uh, antagonist mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, and, and bad guy in, in the episode, I think that's, you know, it's not in- it yeah. was not intentional but it, it it ends up kind of accidentally being very appropriate and kind of poignant yeah. seeing that. Yeah. I think there's also something to be said about like, if she is, if she's sort of being insistent on being right next to him or to be filming or whatever, um, I could see him being like, Oh my gosh, like you're going to continue putting yourself in harm's way. And in this moment where she's sort of vulnerable and like questioning, mm-hmm. not just like whether she should be around, but if she should like continue being a journalist in that moment, it could yeah. click for him to be like, wait, no. Oh my God. What did I, what was I saying? Like, of course you have to stay. They probably yeah. could have injected some of that, but then you wouldn't get the concise, be brave and keep filming moment that I for like so much. Sure. Yeah. And I guess too, it wasn't just that the helicopter was careening, which is, you know, scary, but I think she also like falls off of a building or something like they have, they have a shot of, her falling from a high height. Yeah. Um, it was one that I kind of caught cause I don't think it looked as good as I wanted it to look sure. like the fall is kind of a little slow and kind of choppy. Um, this is just, you know, technical because it's that kind of episode, right? It's all built around. It's built around you seeing through the video cameras and yeah. seeing the sort of things they can pull off in animation that her fault, the perspective of her falling, it's a minor thing, but that was something that it's like, you didn't really pull that off very well. That should have mm-hmm. been a lot more frightening. And it kind of felt like she was just hovering in a circle a little little bit yeah Um, especially because but 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 because it's there and i think if it was pulled off a little more effectively where it is just like a whoa like kind of a gasp moment you know um if you feel it too with her going down then it it makes it even stronger when she's like fully just on edge freaked out like i think i think she says like i think i'm all out of courage spider-man i don't know what to do now that's a good point I will say that shot, like the way that you could make something really effective in that moment is kind of the thing you can only do in animation. I mean, even if you did it in a live action, you know, superhero movie, they would animate this moment like they would simulate a camera because you could do something where she falls and drops the camera. So the camera is falling above her and then she gets caught by Spider-Man first. So then the camera passes them by and then he catches it with his web. Like you could do some cool perspective stuff, but I'm not expecting the show to necessarily pull that off in a way that's going to look like a high budget action film, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it is, it is interesting. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you could do some really fucking cool, you know, found footage stuff with a action movie budget. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I necessarily want a full feature length of that, but you could certainly do some cool stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I th- yeah, I think there's a balance in live action with it not yeah. just making you want to throw up after a while. Yeah, but it would need to just be like moments as opposed to the film. Yeah, yeah, but but it, but I would be interested in like a higher budget animation attempt because i i don't know that you get the same sense yeah. of like motion sickness from animation because it's not real yeah. but yeah. seeing the kind of interesting stuff you can pull off in animation with the found footage style could be interesting oh my see. god like just, a high budget like um not surreal in like content but like almost surreal in perspective like anime studio like oh my god can you imagine some of the shit they would pull off if they could just pretend the camera was anywhere because it was like a literal camera someone was holding like oh my god 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, or even like, you know, the Spider-Verse Just anime kind of already and, does that sometimes. Yeah, even like the Spider-Verse style or something like that. Oh, too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look really cool with that. Yeah, they play, yeah, they play with stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, anyway, the Energy Beast is pretty much a kaiju now, which is exciting to us. Um, and Spider-Man is like, okay, Hulk, uh, it's bigger, so hit it harder. And Fury is like, that's not going to work. So Spider-Man's like, I don't think it's going to work. I just need it distracted so that I can get this electrical cable and shove it in the beast. And Fury's like, what? Why would you make it stronger? And he's like, if I make it big enough, it will explode. Which, okay, I guess so. I don't know that they ever set up that that's a solution he would feel confident in but that's his solution <laughs> yeah. right like they don't there's nothing that like there's no like precedent for that in the episode i don't think there's no like yeah. moment where he gets bigger and then is like temporarily unstable or whatever no no i so, don't think so i mean i feel like we buy it because we've seen it in so many properties but like in a standalone episode i don't know that they really established that yeah, yeah. whatever it's fine <laughs> um that's that's sort of where the narrative pieces of things sort of show as being like not that deep sure like, because obviously they're focusing on how they're telling the story yeah which you know it's yeah it's a trade-off it's fine yeah yeah <laughs> so he shoves this cable in it and it does begin to work it gets bigger and bigger and bigger uh, but it doesn't finish the job so Fury's like um okay like anybody who's got anything with an energy source just like throw it at the beast <laughs> and they do <laughs> and it's still not enough so then Mary Jane is like okay I do have my camera's battery it's still got quite a bit of juice um and spider-man of course is like I, I can't take your camera she's like you have to so he throws the camera at the now enormous monster um and mj's footage just cuts out yeah it's uh it's it's so interesting i was really sh- surprised to see like oh the camera is actually like the final piece to the puzzle like like i, sh- I, I like it's, it almost seems obvious but i feel like because i don't know that you really see that in found footage stuff like you can sometimes the movie or whatever will end with the camera breaking or falling or something oh or yeah the battery dying falling but like, oh my god there's a there's like a is it area 51 i don't know there's some like alien area 51 movie or something that ends with the camera falling from like a great height in the sky and i actually oh, kind of love it just because it yeah. falls from so fucking high um, um the first back rooms video does the same thing and oh shit really no way fucking cool yeah it's oh really damn good. i'll have to watch that yeah um yeah but but you know in, in the, but in this case i don't know that you ever really see it where it's like the camera is actually the solution to the problem and like yeah. the thing that defeats the villain or whatever. Yeah. Like that's really clever. I think that that's, it, it's, you know, and they've set it all up. You've got an energy based villain and it deals with, you know, uh, deals with the energy electricity from technology. You've got mm-hmm. a piece of technology right there. It's, it's all there. I, I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. So the scene returns and now we are, out of the found footage stuff. I think this is what you were referencing earlier. Yeah. Like the whole episode was through the lens of Mary Jane's camera up until like the last, maybe like two minutes of the episode where the camera just doesn't exist. (laughs) Right. Right. This is sort yeah, the camera has been, uh, destroyed. So I think it's why I don't mind as much is because there just literally isn't a camera. Like there's a part of me that's bummed because I would have loved to see the whole episode be this, but But how would they have done it? Yeah. What would you do? There's one camera source. It's not like they jump between different camera sources. I feel like the only way that they could have worked around it would have been like Mary Jane start like pulls out her phone or, or it's a, it's a time jump. It's like later on. Oh and yeah. It's from the perspective of the new camera, Mary Jane has bought and she like recaps the events or something like that. But obviously I think they felt like 
the narrative need to sort of wrap some of the stuff up yeah. rather than just having Mary Jane like recap it, talking into the camera or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, I th- there's no real clean way to do it to keep the found footage thing. I think this is this is probably the best thing to do is to just you end your your high concept thing for the last couple of the last couple minutes just to just to wrap everything up. Yeah, so. and they come back strong. Like it's not like they just casually come back. So I, I can appreciate mm-hmm. how they transition here. Yeah, because when the scene comes back, you know, now we're more more normal, normal filming happening right now. Uh, Spider-Man and Hulk are surrounded by like massive rubble. Spider-Man has like a really good freak out. Yeah. Worried that Mary Jane could be dead or hurt. Like, you know, there haven't been a lot of opportunities for this Spider-Man to like be highly emotional because this is a very comedic show. Um, We've never really heard him do like classic Spider-Man, like worried that a loved one has died again thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, he's just been able to do like actual physical pain. Like he hasn't mm-hmm. been able to do a lot of like emotional distress. Yeah, but um, but I'll give it to notorious child predator Drake Drake Bell. He is very good at uh selling <laughs> his worry and fear about Mary Jane possibly uh, having been crushed or dead. Yep. But you know, obviously, they're not going to kill Mary Jane like this. They're able to find her safe and sound under the rubble. You know, Hulk is able to pull it off of her, so she's all fine. S.H.I.E.L.D. still wants to arrest Hulk anyway, and Spider-Man's like, dude, come on. Just like, have you, did you just not see what just happened? Hulk's been Hulk's been a fucking superhero. He's great. He literally just saved this girl right in front of you right now. Yeah. I'm glad uh, that's not a bigger deal at the end of this episode than it is. Yeah, yeah. I would have been and, so annoyed. And Fury is like, okay, fine. And he calls people off, calls his people off, and Hulk's like, I'm out. Peace out, y'all. And he dips out and leaps into the sky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Well, with things settled down, Spider-Man reveals to Mary Jane that even though he did toss the camera with its battery at the monster, he managed to eject the memory card beforehand. I'm actually very glad they did this because it would have been silly otherwise. <laughs> like, yeah. they could have gotten away with it, I suppose. But, like, then you have to ask the question of, like, okay, so then how did we watch the episode? Right, yeah. Um, which they don't have to explain. But, again, when you do found footage, there are just questions the audience mm-hmm. is always going to ask. That's yeah. one of them. So I'm glad they did this. She does ask Spider-Man if he isn't worried about how Jameson will use her footage now that it still exists. Um, and Spider-Man's like, no, I don't. It's fine because I trust you. I trust what you will do with it. So Aww. you do whatever you feel is right. And, you know, Jameson be damned. Yeah. So later, next day, next week, who knows? But either way, Mary Jane is sharing her final report with Peter, uh, which is the video that she made. And he's like, I'm surprised you didn't win Jameson's contest. Your your report is like fantastic. And MJ is like, I don't you can't win if you never entered. Um, she's like, I knew Jameson's wasn't gonna respect a story showing off Spider-Man's true heroic nature. So I decided to just not even try. Mm-hmm. Um However, she did post it on her own website where it's received. I fucking love the realism of this. She's yep. like it's gotten two views counting us, which yep. is like so many times in these things they post yep. it. It's like, it's already gotten 10,000 views. And I know it's you like, see the like how? rapid counter going up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The counter that doesn't exist like yeah. that. And it's what like, was, the, was it 2017 that has, um, who, I think it is where like they explore this a little bit where it's like the character who's like, I post all my stuff on my web. It's like, mm. it's the, um, shoot, what's her name? Um, it's Screwball and, Screwball. and uh, it was, um, Robbie, Robbie's son. Yeah, Robbie's, Robbie's son. son Robbie? Is he Robbie Jr.? No. no. Oh my God. I'm drawing a blank. I don't think Why it's Why don't Robbie I remember Jr. his name? 
I mean, maybe it is. Is his son Randy? Randy, that's what it is. Yeah, it's Rand. weird because there's also Rand like, Robertson. yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> Comic book names, but they they, ex- <laughs> they explore that a little bit. But it's like also in an episode where Screwball posts something and like a billion people watch it. So it's nice yeah. where this is just what it is. Also, two views I think actually makes a lot of sense because one of them is them, and the other one is someone we learn about uh, in just a moment. <laughs> yeah, because just very the episode. Cute. The episode and I do like that. I think that's a nice setup and payoff. The episode ends with the delivery from the Daily Bugle containing a new camera for Mary Jane and a video message from Jameson saying, saw your footage, Watson. There might be a place for you with the Bugle if you send your work to me before you post it next time. So Jameson was the one other Jameson view. Jameson was the other view. Yeah, I love it. Peter even comments like, oh, I guess he does have a heart, which is like, yes, finally, thank God. There's <laughs> actually some, a little bit of like something to yeah. this Jameson other than just ranting in the background. We know that J.K. Simmons specifically recorded lines for this episode because he's specifically addressing Mary yep. Jane. So that's a good sign that they didn't I just know. get them all done in one day yeah. and have just spread it out amongst the whole show. Thank God. So- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, very, yeah. very cute. I, I that Jameson sends her a camera that like already has stickers on it. I know it's like very it cute. means either he put the stickers there or he had the wherewithal. I okay. There's three things. He put the stickers on himself, which is my favorite version. Um, he specifically had Betty Brant or whomever make sure that it had stickers on it, which is also adorable. Or just whoever is there, Betty Brant or whomever, realize like, oh, he's giving this to Mary Jane Watson, this teenage reporter. I'm going to personalize it. Like, all those scenarios are adorable to me. Or or it's a Jameson thing where he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to send her a camera. And then he sees like, a uh, one of a reporter of the bugle like brought their teenage girl to work and has that camera. He's like, "You give me your camera," and then he like wipes it and sends that to Mary Jane. No, that's like the most likely one, but the least cute. <laughs> I think like spe- like the almost that is exact, the most like, Jameson one. Yeah, that's the most Jameson. He literally uses a little girl's camera in like Spider Man yeah. Three. That one point, and so like you know, it's in it's in any other episode of the show, we would just get a cutaway of that moment. It's it's yeah. it's it's seeping its way into your brain too. It's not just me. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. We're both envisioning like very real. Uh, cutaways for this very show <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah right it's only this episode just happens to just not have any cutaways right. specifically right. like intentionally so <laughs> oy, oy, oy. yeah but yeah you know mary jane she got a new camera out of this so she's happy and she shares with peter that you know i still wish i could have convinced spider-man to share his identity with me and peter's like well, maybe he will or whatever he fucking hmm. does it's interesting because a little a minor spoiler for next week's episode, this comes up a lot. I know that the, it's a Spider-Man thing to sort of be like, I can't tell anyone my identity, but specifically like Spider-Man being like, hmm, and like teasing it. I'm like wondering if it's going to be a bigger deal or if they're just going to keep doing this in a way that's like kind of annoying. In this yeah. case, it's a little bit cute, but you know. Well, it's also weird. It doesn't feel yet like it's a realistic, like possibility so there's not a ton of tension but it's also weird in the context of this show because he is working on a team where kids know his secret identity already so like i don't know why that changes it but doesn't it feel it feels different when 
he is literally going to school with people who know his identity. And granted, they are also superheroes, so they're sort of sharing each other's secret. But yep. like, because he basically has a circle of friends that know who he is and know both knows both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Like it would be different if they were like specifically his coworkers, like and he didn't yeah. fraternize with them outside of shield and superheroing. But the mm-hmm. fact that he goes to class with them and has lunch with them and stuff, yeah. like it kind of like lessens it. It kind of lessens the tension of Peter Parker having a secret identity from his friend group. And also like makes it feel a little weirder that he doesn't share it with at least like his two best friends when yeah. he already has friends at school that share his, share his identity, you know? Yep. Um, I agree with that. And like, it would be one, th- I know that they now and then will play that for tension, like in the last Venom episode or whatever of like some of his friends know his identity and others don't. But like, if you're going to do that, I don't know that you can have Peter like do the, like, maybe I will tell you my secret one. That's day what thing. it is to me. It's the yeah. teasing, right? It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird dynamic. This, once we brought up the like push pull of between that we've sort of noticed with between the writers and like Marvel Entertainment, I I, I feel like I can't stop seeing that. And like this, epi- this episode and that secret identity thing feels a lot like that because this is an episode that feels like Man of Action would have wanted to make regardless of what the premise was. If they were just making a very standard Spider-Man show, this is an episode that they would have done and wanted to do because it doesn't fuck all to do with shield shield. If anything is like impeding on the, and and causing more problems by showing up at the end of the episode, Yeah, they're explicitly wrong in what they want to do. Right. This is singularly focused on Spider-Man and Mary Jane with like Hulk as a guest star. Like this doesn't feel like what the impetus of the ultimate Spider-Man show was. And honestly, like next week is kind of the same way too. We'll get Mm -hmm. to it, you know, where it feels like this is like man of action kind of like trying to do their episodes independently of what Marvel wants this show to be. Um, and I feel like the secret identity stuff is part of that too, because that feels very classic Spider-Man and it just makes less sense in the context of his shield friends. But guess who's like barely in this episode, like other than like a cameo at the beginning, the fucking shield friends, they don't like yeah. factor into this at all. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they can do interesting things with them, but I love that this episode just doesn't bother with them. Yeah. Uh, again, I've said it in the past, like it's very, um, uh, I, 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 it makes me feel very optimistic for this show yep. that it is unafraid to do non shield related stuff because it's, it's Big done time. all already seven episodes into it. It's done more like shield light episodes than I would have expected it to do. Especially in this first season, I would have expected the whole first half of the season to be very shield focused. Yeah. Yeah. It's really not. Nope. Nope. So, bravo. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, just one face of the episode, this one, this episode, because it doesn't have like a lot of cutaways and stuff, there's yeah. not like, there aren't like wacky face. I mean, this is actually like probably the most grounded episode of the show that we've seen because you aren't having the crazy imagine spots and stuff like that. There aren't even that many like weird sound effects or whatever. You so, could translate this episode pretty easily to other series. I mean, obviously you'd have to change it for the tone or whatever of those series, but like, mm-hmm. Wouldn't be that hard. Oh, you could easily slot this into the 2017 show. Oh, like this with 100% could be a 2017 episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, you know, as a result, the faces are not as exaggerated as some of the absolute money shots we've been getting yeah. recently. Um, but I do like the, uh, the glimpse of 
uh, Mary Jane when she's like f- swinging with Spider-Man for the first time. He's mm-hmm. like literally just grabbed her and started swinging with her. And I love <laughs> that like her reaction is the most like realistic, like incomplete, like shock and fear and horror face that she would get if some dude in tights just like unexpectedly whisked you into the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'd like it. <laughs> she doesn't look like she's having a good time <laughs> no no i think if i was like prepared for it to happen that will sure. be one thing but i wouldn't want to just be yanked and no. thrust into the sky with this dude <laughs> yeah i got a bad back you know <laughs> yeah right exactly. it hurt <laughs> <laughs> well i think it's yeah. no surprise this episode is cool and i think we yeah. both appreciate it a lot mm-hmm. yeah i like it a lot i love the swing of doing a doing this kind of episode you know, we, we already, I don't want to just rehash everything we said, but like, you don't see fucking found footage episodes in animation. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're doing it is a really cool idea. And a show like this, where it like almost limits them from their normal, you know, bag of tricks that they have. Like they yeah, can't do cutaways sure. in this episode and they're very restrained about what they're doing. Like they could have honestly, they could have very easily still done cutaways and broken the reality of it if they wanted to. But the fact that they didn't meant that they were committed to making this as like close to reality as they could for the sake of the found footage episode. And I just love the commitment to that. Like, yeah, that that kind of proves that they really wanted to do something special. They wanted to commit to the experiment they were doing, and I think they pull it off. Absolutely, couldn't have yeah. said it better. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Um, you, we could say th- we we might say things better. Mm, no, if you want to find some cool stuff. <laughs> But I should, I should just do that every time because like it's always works. It's better than <laughs> what you know. What else wanna, is cool? If you want us to say, if you want us, if you want us to say something better, <laughs> our Patreon episodes have us saying better things. It's better. Damn. Crushed it. Patreon.com slash Wilding Web Snappers. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff there. Check yeah. it out. You can also check out our Discord. We got a link in the show notes if you want to chat with us and any other listeners. But if you want to chat with us individually and see what the two of us are doing uh, on our own, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming that I do with my friend Katie, where we catch up on all of the books, video games, um, and sometimes other pop culture that we have been consuming lately. You can also check me out on Victory Road, another show on the 4 Eyed Radio Network where I talk about Pokemon. What about you, Doug? Uh, what I'm Doug. I've have I ever done that before? That's weird. What about you, Derek? <laughs> sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my other podcast gimmicks, which I've talked about already. It is the one that does the uh that looks at uh the structure breaking high concept episodes of television, just like this one. Maybe I'll do a found footage episode of something in the future. Probably not this show, because we already did an episode of our podcast on it but probably something similar so i mean that'd be perfect if you found like an animator who could speak really deeply to this you know it would be interesting yeah yeah so you know check that out anywhere you get your podcasts uh you can also find it on twitter and instagram uh, at gimmicks pod new episodes every other monday doug and i also have another podcast we've done together called falling with style an ongoing pixar movie marathon where we watched every pixar film chronologically the full archive of all of our episodes are out now 
anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also visit us on our website for the whole archive of both Walloping Web Snappers and Falling with Style if you want to see all of those uh, in order or by show if you want uh, and catch up on all of our episodes that you might have missed in the past. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod and email us Walloping Web Snappers Podcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all your podcast platforms, of course. And next week... Peter gets replaced by a new black suited Spidey in Back in Black. Back in Black! <laughs> All right, see ya. I guess that's better for the next episode, huh?